Hello and welcome everybody uh, to the Schooner Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, uh, Ty Lee. And we would be remiss if we did not take a moment, take an episode, little mini-sode, uh, to appreciate and remember the life of Mike Leach, um, legendary football coach who, um, among many things, is just an absolute icon of the sport. Uh, Ty, you and I absolutely love him and we we just needed to kind of talk about this it's it's happened a couple days since he passed away but um i think we 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 wanted to give this moment and this man the uh respect and tribute he deserved um so let's let's get this thing going ty what what are your thoughts on mike leach yeah it's he is just an icon of the sport because of who he is. There were, there were so many people or there are so many people who have these sort of accolades and, and everything else. But Mike Leach was a guy that was just always 1000% himself. And he was such a beautifully unique person that his impact on college football and on the college football world just far outweighs anything that you can say that he he did on on the field and we will continue to talk about this uh throughout this episode i mean he was a, a very successful coach on the field as well but when you go and look at the numbers you go and look at the the trophy room it doesn't tell the true story of who michael leach was right and apparently he's not eligible for the college football hall of fame because he hasn't won 60%. He did not win 60% of his games. He sits at like 49.6 or sorry, 59.6, which is truly unreal because even though the win loss record, uh, he never won a conference championship, you know, even though that doesn't reflect, um, you know, that doesn't reflect who he was, the influence he had on the sport, on the game across the board, because, you know, not only was he probably the most influential figure in the Big 12, but one of the most influentials in football history with what he brought to the, how he modernized, popularized the air raid, um, starting with that 1999, at least in our eyes, you know, in this uh, area of the country, that 1999 Oklahoma offense uh, with Josh Heupel really set, he, he really set the stage for what Oklahoma football would become down the line and what big 12 football would become. And then eventually what college football as a whole uh, would become with the way he handled his offenses. And, you know, that legacy I think is, is obviously huge, but his personality, like you alluded to um, he's one of one. Uh, Cause here's the thing. There will be air raid offenses from now until the end of the world, but I don't think we'll ever see, another Mike Leach, an, an, another man like him with his, you know, personality is just genuine. It just is. He was just so genuine um, about everything. Uh, and I think that for me is a thing that will always stand out to me about Mike Leach. Yeah. I want to hit on that, that win loss record again, like you mentioned, uh, that is sort of in the, in the storylines right now. The first thing to know is that his win loss record is, it was very, very good for for a head coach at the college football level in the power five conference level was very very you have to think about where he he won this record i mean it was it was at texas tech when you were dealing with it just a dominant ou era of football with bob stoops and sam bradford and 
at uh, Adrian Peterson and all of that. You had Mac Brown, you know, all cylinders firing at Texas in the same time frame, and it, it, probably a whole host of other Big Twelve teams that I'm forgetting that had every Kansas was getting like ten win seasons like regularly around the towards the end, era. yeah. Like, like the the competitiveness in the Big Twelve in that era was insane, and then he went over to to Washington State, uh, which is not a a big market program in the pack uh, by any means. Not to not to denigrate them, but you know the pack has a bunch of uh, legitimate blue bloods in it, and then it went over to the SEC West and took over a, a Mississippi State program that uh, was also sort of struggling, and then just didn't have time. Uh, to to sort of fully implement his stuff there, unfortunately. But w- when I think about his impact on the sport, uh, it, it almost reminds me of like a, a, I don't necessarily know if it, eccentric is the proper word, but like an eccentric inventor. Like he was successful in the business in winning football games, but he invented a an offense, you know, I guess we first saw it at Kentucky a, it, on the off chance that there's some Kentucky fan listening or someone they would get very upset if we saw OU <laughs> claiming uh, the invention of the air raid. It, it really was. It started to to reach its stride at Kentucky uh, with Leach also as an OC. And it truly changed the sport. I mean, completely revolutionized it. Like you can point to him potentially as one single man that made what you think of as modern college football, modern college football. Obviously, you know, pre Mike Leach era at Kentucky, it wasn't like every game was Army-Navy, but it was a lot closer to every game being Army-Navy than it is now. You know, nowadays, even stuff that is considered a very ground-heavy offense back in the Mike Leach-Kentucky era would have been like, wow, these guys are throwing a lot. So his his impact on the sport, you know, he, he was that of an inventor as well. Right, yeah, him and Hal Mummy, what they did at Kentucky, and then him finding a way to kind of modernize the air raid, make it winnable, make it beyond just putting up a bunch of numbers is just incredibly impressive. And the point you brought up about how tough the big 12 was back in those days, especially with having to recruit it in Lubbock, uh, how difficult it is to recruit at Washington state, you know, not exactly you, people forget Washington state that's in the dusty part. That's in the, that's in the part of Washington where it's like desert and plains and it's kind of gross. And then Mississippi State, where, you know, look, no offense to Starkville, but uh, it's not exactly the most glamorous city in the SEC. You're in the, you're in an SEC West that was just absolutely brutal with Alabama, LSU, and all that. And despite all that, he still won. And it truly is a crime to me that we never got to see him at as a head coach at a major, major college football level. Um, but if anything, honestly, that kind of makes it more remarkable what he did. Uh, it's like it's like playing uh, NCAA 14, you know, make it a little difficult on yourself. You want to go with, you know, places that are a little harder to recruit to. Don't exactly start off. That's that's kind of how Mike Leach played it. And I, I think that's really he did that. But in real life. And I think that's something to really, really admire about him. Yeah, absolutely. And such a unique guy, too. I mean, you're talking yes. about someone who he went to BYU, got his undergrad, was not on any sort of football staff or anything uh there I, well actually i guess he was he he um he was i, I guess recruited by he was recruited by them to play football but then uh, you know had some injuries and and did not play but was not playing football or anything there went to i believe pepperdine university 
got his law degree and and went into uh, becoming an attorney and then just decided like, no, I'm going to I'm going to go back to this football thing, uh, which is is just super, super uh, interesting. I mean, that's just a crazy path yeah. even to get into uh, that. That just tells you right there the type of guy that he was like. Imagine someone. I don't know what his financial situation obviously it was a little different back then maybe with the cost of colleges and stuff but imagine somebody going through their undergrad at not a a cheap school uh and then going to a, a private school a very expensive private school uh, to get their their uh, juris doctorate degree and then being like oh, i think i'll go be in a an assistant for a college football program somewhere well, the, it's just the, the funny thing is he almost wasn't even assistant he we almost never heard of mike leach he was uh, he he applied to be the um, head coach at uh, Key West High School, like a high school at Key West, and they wouldn't let him. They 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 said he was too overqualified. So if it wasn't for if it wasn't for that, he might still be out in Key West uh, coaching to this day. Uh, you know, just just with how he, you know, I mean, the, Mike Leach loved himself some Key West. He loved Florida. He loved just like fishing. It sounds like. So I I, I think it would. I think he said that it would be hard to would have been hard to kind of pry him away from uh, from that lifestyle. Yeah. And just to to continue on with sort of the early coaching career stuff, I, Bobby, you, you may have known from doing some research into this uh, right before we jumped on this pod. I did not know this. His first head coaching job, I don't even know what level you would compare this to, was at a team called the Pori Bears. And if you're saying, oh, I've never heard of the Pori Bears, that must be a tiny, tiny college. It was a team in Finland in 1989. <laughs> he was hired from his assistant job at Cal Poly uh, and hired over to go coach American football in the American Football Association of Finland, uh, which is just, I mean, what's more Mike Leach than that? I mean, he, you can't the level of believing in yourself and just knowing that you have found your your niche is uh, just crazy to me for if you really just look at his story and he was right we now know obviously that he was right to do what he did to believe in himself and make these bold moves into coaching college football because uh, like we will continue to hit on he truly did change the sport i mean we love him as a as the person, as I don't want to say character, but the, as the personality and the person that he was, he is absolutely loved for that. But his on the field performance and his significance to college football would be just as meaningful if he wasn't the the personality that he also was. Like it's it's just two in two different ways. He is worthy of the the amount of remembrance that he is getting. You know, it's his personality, who he was as a person is so worth the recognition that he is is receiving now. And but his on the field, you know, stuff as well, like we talked about that, just changing the game, literally. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I feel like I feel like sometimes, like you said, character is not the right word, because who he, who he was was so genuine that it's like he, he wasn't playing a caricature of himself. He was just him. And I think that's something that was really admirable about him. I feel like some of that takes away from what he did, how smart he was, the type of stuff he's been able to do. Um, I mean, he wrote a book on Geronimo. The guy, the guy is the guy is an absolute genius. Um, and it really, you know, reflected as such on the football field for sure. 
Yeah, it, I remember one of personally one of my just greatest Mike Leach moments. Uh, I felt obviously never met the guy, but I remember watching a. I think I believe it was early in his tenure at Washington State, and it was sort of an ESPN series where they weren't necessarily directly mimicking just what happens when you're a, a recruit, but it was one of those. It may have been a game day segment. Uh, where they are showing the facilities, you're meeting the coaches and everything else, and you're getting the tour. And it's sort of giving you a little bit that experience of like, oh, if you're here on on an official visit was sort of the premise of of the the clips was this would be like your experience. And it goes through, I don't even recall the the other schools. It was years and years, well, not years and years ago, but probably close to 10 years ago, perhaps. Uh, I, I Well, let me see. Yeah, it, yeah, 2012 was his first year at Washington. It probably was close to 10 years ago now. And they get to the Washington State segment. It may have been weekly. I, I don't recall. And Mike Leach is the one giving the tour. He is sharing all these facts. He takes you to his office. He's got a pirate mannequin. He's got the, uh, was it a stuffed cougar in there? And he's telling stories about pirates. And then he's he's telling you about King Tut and all these books that he read. <laughs> And he, he truly was like, he, he was a, the man was a, a genius for sure. Like it, just his depth of knowledge in things. And, and I, I know that sometimes on ESPN and other stuff, they would sort of cut up his little sound bites and everything else to make those, those quick little sound bites when you would ask him a question. Uh, Cause you'd always get a, an honest answer out of him. He would always tell you what he was thinking about something. Uh, so they would, of course, cut up those little sound bites about how he feels about weddings or how he feels about other things like that. But there are a whole host of other clips of him just talking in depth, incredible detail uh, about just all sorts of complex topics because he was just that knowledgeable on everything that he put his hands on. Yeah. And I mean, the amount of stories you've heard the past couple days about him are just just remarkable. His generosity with his time uh how, how much he would talk to people reporters anyone random just for hours on end at times and it always it was it's always one of those things that i'm always like man i really wish we would have just took it a leap and tried to call him up on the schooner pod and see what would have happened uh because i i don't know that, that would have been a dream conversation and i will say one of the um one of the thing talking about dream conversations his time in Norman, um, he only had the one year, but he obviously was instrumental. And in, you know the, uh, how good that 1999 team was. How and then the national championship team the next year. Uh, him and Man uh, Mangino, a disciple of his, you know, going on and doing as well as he as he did that year. Uh, but it, none of that happens without Mike Leach and the things he established there. Um, but I can't remember where I heard it. It might have been might have been Barry Switzer telling the story. But um, this one, the, the details of these nights at Othello's uh, in Norman with Mike Leach, Barry and Barry Switzer, and I think uh, it might have been Stoops as well. And it got to a point in the night where, <laughs> where Leach and Switzer, he was trying to get Switzer to detail the wishbone to him, to teach him it out. So what, what they kept doing is just getting random patrons from Othello's 
uh, and having them basically stand in place so Switzer can detail how to properly run the wishbone. Um, because that's the thing is, even though Leach was an air raid guy, he had like this deep love of the wishbone for some reason. Well, naturally, because it's a fun, you know, it, it, you know, a revolutionary offense changed the game and then, you know, became a dinosaur. But um, I just really wish I could see that happen because that would have been one of the most insane things to see. If you could just go back in time, be a fly on a wall and see Mike Leach and Switzer after a couple, uh, you know, a couple, couple d- deals of wine, just like directing random people around uh, a fellows, you know, maybe have the band going or something. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was about to say, is I, I imagine knowing uh, Othello's, there was certainly also live music. It, maybe the band was, was getting drafted into into uh, doing a walkthrough in Othello's, which is just amazing. would not be the, the strangest thing I've seen in Othello's, to be well, fair. That is true. We, we have seen Stranger, including the time we basically bribed the guy to play Careless Whisper. That was a good time. Anyways, yeah, but anyways, yeah, Leech was just such a special. I I believe, unfortunately, it may have been a Lincoln Riley story uh, that I had seen or heard earlier uh, this week, but I think it was a Lincoln Riley story about his time at at Tech and about how one day Leech uh, got a a phone call and was like, Oh, I have to take this in my office and, and went into his office and. Uh, was on the phone for, I guess, an hour or so, and then uh, came out and uh, went back into his office and then got back on the phone with the same person. And, and uh, I believe Lincoln Riley remembered him saying like, oh, we got disconnected. Like, sorry, I didn't hear the rest of that. And eventually when he finally gets done with this series of phone calls, uh, someone asked him, I think it was Lincoln Riley, hey, who was that on the phone? Like you were in there for a long time. You seem very concerned. You seem very like it was a very important call. Like, is that something to do with, with work or, or what's going on? And uh, it was a wrong number. And he had just began to began to chat with this person who had called him on the wrong number and, and felt like that person just needed to talk. So got their life story and, and talked to him about it. And I'm sure he shared some, some Michael Leach wisdom, but that, that just sort of speaks to the kind of person. I mean, who talks to someone that, that calls them on a, a wrong number. Like people nowadays, you get a text from a wrong number and you just block it block. right away and yeah. ignore it. Yeah. It's just such a crazy, crazy, uh, just the type of person he was. Again, it, it can't be said enough. He was just 1000% him all of the time. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. He was, he was a special dude. He was a very special dude. And, you know, at his time in, in Lubbock at Texas tech, he was a, uh, certainly an advers- adversary for the Sooners. Um, he got in obvious, he got in around 2000, uh, took him a couple years, but once he got rolling, um, that stretch it from 2005 to 2009, uh, he beat this, he beat one of the best eras of, uh, OU football. Uh, yeah, he, 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 he won three, three out of five against them. So, um, his best teams were a Thorne and OU side for, for years, but, you know, obviously you had moments like the jump around game and, uh, you know, 2008 and everything. Um, but, um, all, that's, that's how I, I will always remember him as, as a competitor, as a, as an opponent, he was just absolutely like you, you, you never, you never wanted to see tech. And the reason why you never wanted to see tech is because of what, um, Mike Leach had whipping up there. Uh, he had, he had the, 
he had the secret sauce for giving OU um, heartaches for sure. Yeah, and OU was not the only uh, fish in the pot. I mean, they had uh, it was I believe Texas was number one yep. at the time that night game in Lubbock with uh, was it Michael Crabtree the Crabtree the, game yeah, yeah that was just one of the best games I mean the 2008 college football season just insane and you have to remember too these these teams that Leach was able to build we talked about it being a, a really good era for OU football and then uh, obviously Texas was was still nationally relevant. Uh, very much so in that time, not just a, oh, Texas is back. Like they were, they were a hardcore competitor on par with OU at the time. Um, but we forgot to mention Texas A&M still in the conference. And we know even back then just how, how difficult they, they were to recruit against and everything else. I know they weren't really that amazing. They weren't really doing that hot uh, back in that time, but it's just what he was able to do uh, at, at Texas Tech. I mean, it's, Look at Texas Tech since he's he's left and sort of what they've, well, not left. I mean, he was he was forced out and fired, and that's a whole whole big controversy with, yeah. with what happened to him there. But um, yeah, it was just it, I don't think that there is any other coach that you could have put it because you have to understand again it's it's Texas Tech. There's always going to be inherent disadvantages in recruiting and being able to build a program and the amount of money that you have to build a program like I don't care who it is name a coach try to put him at Texas Tech in that era of the Big 12 I don't think they're doing any better and I think a lot of them are are doing worse and I'm you know this is a whole hypothetical thing but like I think you put you put Nick Saban at that tech in that era I honestly don't think he's able to to really do much better I mean you you have to understand because people talk about oh he never won a a conference uh, game. It, what he did with the tools that he had, like his career had many years ahead of it. And and he had nowhere near reached his ceiling uh, when he, when he left us. Yep. And just thinking about the players that he produced at tech as well. Uh, you know, the great Wes Welker from heritage hall, uh, Danny Amendola, um, uh, Michael Crabtree, of course, uh, who, who went on, had a great NFL career, Graham Harrell, who was a incredible college football quarterback. Uh, and then countless others. He, he did, he really, you know, did a lot with not, he did a lot with not very much. And I think that's something to just truly, truly cherish. Yeah. He, he was always a guy that could develop players. I mean, going back to uh, his, his Kentucky time with uh, he, in that offense, they whipped up Tim Couch, uh, not to denigrate Tim Couch, but, <laughs> you know, I played a lot of time in the NFL, was a first overall draft pick, just tore it up in in uh, college. And he wasn't necessarily bad in the NFL, but, I mean, he left with a, a fair amount more interceptions than touchdown receptions uh, as well. So he he's able to develop players and, and really get everything out of them. Uh, even when a, a lot of other coaches maybe necessarily don't see that in him. Mike Leach was, a, you know, directly responsible uh, in many ways for Cliff Kingsbury. He, he believed in, in Cliff Kingsbury and, and got him the playtime and the development that he needed. Obviously turned out to be a, a coach and, and not to get into the whole, is Cliff Kingsbury a, a good coach or not? But you can directly trace, because uh, there's the whole, oh, someone's in someone's coaching tree thing. 
And sometimes I think being from a coaching tree or is very significant. And then other times, Oh, maybe someone spent one year there. Like, did they really learn or could you really count them in, in their coaching tree? But if anyone is directly sprouted from someone else's coaching tree, and I know maybe sore spot for Oklahoma fans, but Lincoln Riley is Mike Leach. I don't want to say a hundred percent responsible, but Mike Leach, yeah. you know, very much directly responsible for Lincoln Riley and the, the Lincoln Riley that we have uh, today and, and will having in some form of football for many years to come. Uh, and that's, I think, sort of a, in, in evolution. I mean, it, I don't want to say he's his protege or, or anything else like that, but you can trace the lineage directly and, and you can sort of see it in some of the, the game stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. And I think a big part of that was how he coached his quarterbacks, how he allowed them to make decisions. Um, it wasn't just do this, do that. You know, they had to make reads. They had to make decisions in game, which I think, you know, helped help them learn. They, they weren't just throwing to a spot and going with it. Um, but his coaching tree is truly out there with some of the best. Um, obviously, Lincoln and um, uh, Cliff Kingsbury you mentioned, but also going down the line, Seth Luttrell, uh, Dana Holgerson, Josh Heupel, um, you know, ob- you know, coach at Tennessee, uh, and then Sonny Dykes, TCU's head coach, um, also is uh, on that list as well. Uh, Neil Brown, I obviously have my thoughts on him, and uh, Dave Aranda as well. All of the all of these guys, you know, who are making major impacts on college football right now. Um, I mean, it's it's just truly truly remarkable what he's done. So. Yeah, and and just to hit on it again, I mean the the whole coaching tree thing is is it's sort of convoluted. There's not an official criteria, but all the guys you mentioned, you can trace back to Mike Leach truly developing them and and for most of them, many of them, it was an early career thing. I mean, we touched on Kingsbury and and Riley both of them as players and then as as coaches very early career, but early career on a lot of these guys and really set their trajectory uh, going forward and, and set them up for success, which is something he did with, with everyone that he was able to develop from players to, to coaches. Um, and what I've been seeing throughout this week is people give tributes and stuff, uh, even to, to friends. He seemed like he was a, just a tremendously generous man who was out to help anyone that he could and, and had a, a positive impact on you know anyone that was lucky enough to get the chance to know him. Yeah. Yeah. One of um one of the stories I, I heard that really made an impact on me was from um I'm so bad with names, but it was one of it, it's one of the main, I think, rivals writers for uh, uh for Mississippi State. He's the guy who broke the whole uh, <laughs> broke the whole um Hugh Freeze story, actually. Um and he was he was hanging out with Mike and he looks up and he notices a bunch of kids are playing IMs on the field, you know, a bunch of college kids messing around. He's like, Hey coach, what's going on there? He goes, Oh, like we're breaking in the turf. Let's let, let them have fun and everything. Like just let them, let them go play on the field. It's fine. And he's like, well, okay, here's the thing. Like, you know, the old guy, the old coach wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't accept for accept this at all. This is, you know, something he wouldn't be, you know, he wouldn't be happy with And He said, well, you know, why would why wouldn't you be happy? Look at how much joy they're having. That's that's more important than any any damage they'd caused to my field is the memories they have playing IM foot flag football out there and having a good time. And I think that 
truly is the measure of of who Mike Leach is as a person is, you know, why be that serious about everything when you can just have have a little bit of fun, have a little bit of joy, add a little bit of positivity into someone's life. And I, I can certainly say that Mike Leach absolutely uh, added added a lot into mine. And uh, he is a figure in, in the sport that I'm going to miss very, very deeply um, as anyone who obviously has been listening to this uh, 30 minute podcast uh, can, can, can tell, you know um, but you know, through the years, you know, we've, we've talked about Leach and how much we have appreciation for him. So it's tough, but he, he's an absolute legend and uh, we're going to miss him. Yeah, for sure. I, I had two Oklahoma tie-ins as, as we, uh, I think, begin to, to wrap up our, our tribute to Mike Leach. We forgot to mention in the Mike Leach coaching tree, our very own offensive line or our very own line coach, Bill Biedenbaugh, uh, as well. So we would be remiss not to mention him. And then I, I it's one of my favorite college football stories of all time. I mean, I think we talk about it every Red River uh, year or every Red River game. Uh, and, and it frequently comes up because it's just such a hilarious, just so Mike Leach story, the 1999 Red River game. They're sharing a practice facility. OU has the practice field first. Uh, so OU goes out there and, and goes through their, their practice. And as OU trots off a script and playbook for the opening sequences of the game falls out of Mike Leach's pocket as he jogs off the field and he does not notice. And of course, uh, you know, anyone would do it. An enterprising Texas assistant spots it, scoops it up, immediately knows what he has. And it is a massive win for Texas. They go to line up and it becomes very apparent a couple drives into the game that they have been bamboozled by the pirates. He has tricked them. He has, uh, dropped a fake playbook and everything else out there and just completely i i love stories like that just it the the scheming the because it's lighthearted, you know it's not it wasn't like it's a rivalry yeah it's like yeah and they weren't it's like it's one thing if you're like filming someone's practice or like spying on them or like trying to like deliberately steal their playbook but that's just such a a light-hearted you know it's just such a mike leach way to bamboozle someone like that yeah, it's 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 it felt like a like a very classic, very harmless college prank, which I truly love. I feel like he just got college football. You know, he he college football. It's it's different than any sport in the world, and I love that he just truly appreciated it for what it is, and college football appreciated him for who he was. And that's that story always gets me because you know the whole fake script thing, and then you know deliberately running plays where. I mean, it, that's perfect. It's, it's, he's, he was only there for one year, but he's already, he's still an OU legend um, to this day. And that, that moment is certainly part of it. I believe OU went on a 17 nothing run to start the game, still ended up losing, which, uh, yikes, but still, um, incredible story, incredible man. So, well, Ty, any final thoughts before we wrap this thing up? Or is that, uh, kind of, kind of where we, we're going to leave off here? Um, no, I mean, it, it, I, I do want to say I, I believe I'm in the, in the camp that I love to see every tribute that's out there for 
uh, Coach Leach. You know, you never want to see people sort of capitalizing on something like this. Of course, we we would not support that. But I, I know some people, you know, had a bad taste in their mouth about Tech specifically doing uh, a tribute to him on their helmets in the bowl game and everything else. But I, it, the wrongs that occurred to him at, at Tech, I mean, the Tech equipment department, the coaching staff that's there now, the players that are there now, none of them had anything to do with it, you know, and all of, well, most of the alumni, you know, also uh, didn't, nobody had anything to do with that. So I, I love to see every tribute uh, that is very much deserved. And, and I think in my final thought, I do want to again emphasize that Mike Leach is so deserving of remembrance for his impact on college football. It's not just, oh, we loved his personality. Everyone loved his personality. He was the most college football, college football coach in existence. But his on-the-field performance, his impact on the game itself also very much stands on its own. This is not a we're remembering him because we loved his his sound bites. We loved his sound bites, but the reason he was getting those sound bites on ESPN is because he was a very, very good college football coach. Absolutely. He was every because he was he was both interesting and funny and also talented. And over over and above all to me, his talent um and his brilliant mind is something that I'm gonna remember the most. But I'm gonna leave this off with a interview snippet that he said once uh i believe this was uh, an espn interview they asked him how do you want to be remembered when you died he said i don't care <laughs> he's like what do you want on your obituary and he said what does it matter to me i'll be dead that's your problem well mike i hope we did a good job so um keep swinging your sword up there we will be doing that down here buddy so um rest easy mike leach that's all we have for this show we'll see you uh, in the coming days to talk about some more football, just the way old Mike Leach would want it. We hope you all have a really good night.